1: I'm so glad you're here what a time of year this is it is potent it is filled with expectations disappointments potentially heartbreak maybe some loss sprinkled in my oh my you've come to the right place today before we get started down that journey however I'd like to invite those of you who are returning, you know what we love to do here on Marion Live is cultivate a practice. We have three parts of our practice. If you're joining us for the first time, just just notice where your breath is. Notice where it is in your body. This is our attempt to start to turn our attention inwards, really bringing yourself to that interior place. No matter what you're doing, you might be driving or walking or multitasking but whatever you're doing see if you can just be present to your body what's happening for you noticing where that breath first arrives where that noticing is and if it feels right go ahead and let that breath just deepen a little bit start to allow your nervous system to settle and that presence starts to come a little bit more into view and the point is When we are present, we can receive presence. We can offer presence, and we don't want to miss Susan Anderson's Pearls of Wisdom today. She's joining us this hour to talk with us about her new book, The Abandonment Recovery Workbook, guidance through the five stages of healing from abandonment, heartbreak, and loss. So, yes, just noticing how we can get more present to receive her gifts. Another way that we like to practice here. At the top of the hour is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude a perspective of gratitude i love to invite folks to uh, be able to do this by asking you the question who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now gratitude is not always an easy thing although this season brings so much with it so much abundance or lack thereof you may be having a very hard time feeling grateful for whatever circumstances you now find yourself in or overflowing with gratitude. Nonetheless, noticing that gratitude, standing in it, calling it forward, sharing it, letting it expand, go down the list of folks who help make it possible for you to do what you do. And maybe right now, the list that I'm going to go down real quick includes our honorary sponsor here Marion Live at the OneWorldChildrensFund.org, if you're online, uniting people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. They envision a world where we act together as a global community to ensure all children have education, health care, and a safe home. the national level, we're sponsored by the National Action Organization, committed to changing the way our culture values each other. They make programming like this possible, and 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. Check them out online, n a c t i o n dot org, for more information. And at the local level, our uh, studio is here in Northern California. For the last 10 years, we've been sponsored by the Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California. And if it's 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 not a secret that I love books. For, for the past decade, I. I've done my best to support and bring to you authors, human potential leaders, spiritual teachers and the like to help you attract and create healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships, starting with a relationship with yourself. And, uh, uh, true to form today, our guest, as we start to turn our attention towards that, uh, Susan Anderson is joining us and we're going to be talking about how to move from abandonment, heartbreak and loss The Recover from Abandonment. Her book is titled The Abandonment Recovery Workbook, Um, and Susan's joining us today um, to, let me tell you a little bit about Susan, and then I'll get to the book in a second, but Susan is the founder of the Outer Child and Abandonment Recovery Movement. She's devoted the past 30 years uh, of clinical experience and research to helping people resolve abandonment and overcome self-sabotage. So you're... Absolutely in the right place, with an expert who really does know what she's talking about. And more, she's really devoted most of her life to helping us understand the dynamics of abandonment. Um, This hour, we are going to delve into the area of heartbreak. Maybe you've been heartbroken after a divorce, or a breakup, or death, or the loss of a friendship. We're going to talk about health. Uh, Maybe the loss of a job, your dreams, the loss of your dreams. And abandonment breaks our hearts, she says, in subtle ways, too, when we are not recognized for our accomplishments, dismissed by a friend or not invited to a party. It is a challenge that everyone must eventually face at one level or another. Psychotherapist and abandonment expert Susan Anderson is going to help us guide guide us through the five stages of our journey. And when you get a copy of the book, The Shattering Withdrawal, Internalization, Rage, and Lifting Up Out of That, she explores the seemingly endless pain of heartbreak and gives us concrete recovery tools and exercises to discover and heal underlying issues. We're going to do that together. We're going to get started doing that this hour, right here, right now. Welcome to the program, Susan. We're so glad you're here.
2: Oh, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks, Marianne.
1: Oh, you bet. Big topic, big, big, abandonment. How did you get involved? I know you're a psychotherapist, but tell us why abandonment.
2: Well, as a psychotherapist for about 20 years, I had been more or less looking through the lens of abandonment at all my clinical work. I worked in a psychiatric hospital and, you know, in private practice. And it was my lens because of my own sensitivity of childhood issues, et cetera. But then as an adult, the love of my life, my marital partner of 18 years, suddenly left me for another woman. Mm-hmm. And it was so devastating mm-hmm. that it occurred to me that the tools that I had been using to help my clients with were actually not strong enough. Mm-hmm. Even though everyone had always thanked me and I saved their lives, etc. When I applied them to myself, I they were better than nothing, but they did not help me through the experience to the extent that I, I felt was possible. Um, it, it's just so devastating to feel rejected, and it brought me to a place of understanding that not enough work had been done on this issue, that there were books that trivialized uh, what people go through when they have abandonment and, and throughout life, trivialized it with the word heartbreak because it, it does, your heart actually does feel broken and it can actually cause heart problems, but the term is so overused that it almost sounds like it's, it's not a serious right. emotional crisis, right. which it can be. So having discovered this, um, I was moved to do something about what I considered mm-hmm. to be a lack of serious clinical information. And I did a lot of research into other fields, certainly not psychology or self-help, because I had already read all of that literature, and none of it spoke to the center of this kind of pain or to the depth of the wound, because mm-hmm. it's a primal wound. Mm-hmm. So I came up with some um, some new tools and new new ways of actually recovering in this process of abandonment. It's mm-hmm. universal. And they, they are a little bit... Um, they involve doing you don't think your way out of abandonment you do your way out Mm -hmm. so to make it easy for people to make it more more of a process that is just following like a recipe that's why I wrote the workbook to to really make Mm -hmm. it very easy
1: okay let me jump in here and let's talk about categorically what abandonment is because I I know a lot of you um, when you hear words that have become memes. Or cliche, they can. This one in particular almost seems insipid. Like, oh, you have abandonment issues. You know what I mean? Like you said, people sort of pass it off. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm afraid to be left or whatever. And then, and then it becomes the potent, uh, or you know, depotentiated, right? Look,
2: tell You're us, so right. yeah,
1: tell us what you mean by it. And the spe- is there a spectrum here? What are we really talking about?
2: Well, there is a there's. Yes, there is a spectrum, because if you go through an adult experience that actually triggers the wound, you'll feel it more acutely, and so you'll, have, you'll be at the top of the spectrum in terms of experiencing it. But I will say this. It is universal. Even if we're not feeling it, if it's not being triggered at the moment, we all have a latent abandonment fear. It's something that helps us as human beings because it motivates us to create secure attachment it's what motivates us to be good to the people who are good to us because we don't want to be left it's what motivates us to create societies that can sort of enclose us and provide for needs when since individuals can't always be counted on because throughout history people can die people can leave so it, it motivates us to live in, within it, within a, a community, to to anchor ourselves to other people and to the group and to individuals. So it's the abandonment fear is actually a very powerful and potentially constructive force. But when it's triggered and the pain comes out, it's very very uncomfortable, and people don't sort of intuitively know how to deal with it. They fight it. They don't know how to work with it to bring to bring out its potential benefits.
1: Okay.
2: It's not human nature to say, oh, good, I feel insecure or I'm petrified I'm going to be left any minute or I'm alone and I can't seem to find a relationship and my abandonment fear is getting right. in the way. Oh, right. good, isn't that great? Because right. That's not how most people react to it.
1: Right. Well, let's, so let's just pause here for a second and make a distinction or a differentiation. So what I'm hearing you say is we all have this it's part of the way we're designed to survive, right, to create yes. secure attachments. So what about the folks that are out there going, well, wait a minute, I thought when I was actually left, like my dad left or my first love left or somebody left, then I get this scar tissue and then that gets triggered and then that's what, what this really is. So is, what is that and are there both? Speak to that, would you?
2: Well, um, you could have the idyllic childhood where your parents remained intact and and that they were doting family, parents, and everything went well. But the fact is we were all born and we all had birth trauma. And we all also experienced um, being born and put on a cold, you know, surface and then the separation of that, the terror of that, and then being picked up by someone's warm, comforting arms and that we experienced that feeling of, oh you know that feeling of connection Mm -hmm. and then once again to be put down on another surface because it we, we alternated infants alternate between being connected and being disconnected and the original trauma of being in the womb and having that disconnection so we all have a fear of being disconnected of having having no warmth no support no security Um, That's the universal part. And then if we happen to have experiences that trigger that during childhood, um, let's say both of our parents are alcoholic or one of our parents is very narcissistic and we have to take care of them rather than feeling entitled to their love for us. we or one of our parents leaves or there's a death in the family and, and the grieving interferes with the emotional connection. When we go through these experiences of childhood, both little ones that we, you know, normal things like having a, your, your mother has another baby and you're kind of, you know, no longer the, the baby in the family, you know, little uh, disconnections and big ones, um, when, when you go through these things, they start to contribute to a cumulative wound of abandonment and when you then have a trigger in adulthood it always brings you back to that cumulative wound and that's what contains, you know, the sum total of what you've been through.
1: Beautiful. So we all have this latent fear of abandonment, and then if you add to that the cumulative wound of abandonment, we have some serious abandonment stuff going on here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So probably not too many people are going to escape this, uh, this point of reference in some way, right? However, no,
2: nobody can escape it, but it's not necessarily something that you'd want to escape because you wouldn't be part of the human group. Right. Even mammals, even even birds, have have these issues. Um, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be uh, like your other fellows if you didn't have this. It's what. It's really the vulnerability yeah. that allows us to really kind of connect That's with each right. other. So there's the
1: word vulnerability, and what do we do with it? Is that what separates out the people that maybe seek to heal, uh, or uh, our ability to tolerate, or the consciousness? Like, how do you start to narrow in? Uh, you know, these what brings people to try to be in conscious relationship with healing these issues.
2: Well, you know, um, in adulthood, really the only abandonment that, you, that is real is self-abandonment because we're too old to actually be abandoned because we can take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can feel abandoned by different things. A friend may forget to invite us to a party or, you know, we can be fired from a job or whatever, and we can feel abandoned, but we can't really be abandoned because we have our own um, ability to. We, we're adults. But we can abandon ourselves. So in adulthood, the way the abandonment wound kind of affects us is through self-abandonment. And self-abandonment means that we are not doing the very best for ourselves that we could be doing because we're too busy um, feeling self-doubt and moving away from ourselves. So the way this manifests is through self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. And self-sabotage, that's the outer child part. Self-sabotage is the part of the personality that breaks our diet and gets attracted to all the wrong people. Hmm. Like you mentioned that, you know, when you go through abandonment episodes in childhood, you get scars, right? You mm-hmm. said scars.
1: Scar tissue, um, yeah.
2: And, you know, those scars have numbing because it's scar tissue and there's numbing. So when you get older, all those scars create some numbing, and what happens is we develop patterns to try to feel, because, of course, we want to feel connected. So we'll wind up doing things like being attracted to the unavailable, because at least that insecurity we can feel, and that's, we begin to mistake what's you know insecurity yearning aching for someone to love us we begin to mistake that for love mm. and because it's harder when we're so we have so much scar tissue with so much numbing to feel simple mutual love mm-hmm. it, so we need to be sort of have pursue the unavailable that's one of many patterns of self sabotage that we develop but we pursue the unavailable to make us feels if we're in love, because insecurity and fear of abandonment are something we can feel. Right. So, for
1: example, you could look at couples who've been together uh, over increasing periods of time. They get sort of taking each other for granted could also fall into the category of being desensitized, right? I can't feel this relationship, so sometimes people will go outside the relationship because they don't know how to activate their feelings, because the closer you get, the more you have to lose, right? Yes. Oh, wow. So that's a very interesting subtlety there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there are so many patterns of self-sabotage that take place, and they can affect long-term marriages because once you're no longer in pursuit mode, because, you know, you've caught the person, they're your wife or your husband, and they're your permanent partner, you're secure with them, you don't have to pursue them anymore. So you're no longer in that, you know, the heat of the pursuit. You're Mm. just having them. Mm. And so often the scars that we've accumulated, the numbing, around the abandonment wound makes it very hard for us to appreciate, to really feel the passion. Mm. It's a common syndrome. So many people, I can't feel the passion in my marriage. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, So that affects long-term relationships and, of course, it affects those folks out there, there are millions of them, who can't seem to find a full ter- a long-term loving relationship because they're only pursuing the unavailable or they're so afraid of abandonment that they're really not pursuing, they're in avoidance of pursuing relationships.
1: Oh, my goodness. All right, so we're going to go to break here in just a minute, but let me ask you this. So that dynamic, uh, many people have called that cat and mouse, there are lots of dynamics here that we could touch on, but what I'm hearing you say is that this isn't about that. This is about that deep fear uh, of vulnerability, of being abandoned, and that if we don't get in touch with this saboteur part of ourselves, we are just going to continue to chase our tail or uh, uh, you know, these patterns of unconsciousness will prevail, yes?
2: Yes, that's right. All
1: right, so your book is going to help us take a look at the five stages that you have outlined for us of advantage abandon- of, of abandonment that you call swirl uh and when we come back from the break you're you're going to help us break those down but before we get th- this dynamic is this sort of the precursor to dropping into these stages of abandonment
2: oh yeah okay. absolutely
1: okay beautiful all right everybody sit tight pen and paper out or get your recorder on Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back more with Susan Anderson when we return.
3: I don't want to date anymore.
4: What? Did
3: you break up again?
4: You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event.
3: Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love.
4: Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship.
3: Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered no more love life drama for us.
1: Hi everybody, I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne camarado And I'm David Reynolds. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self inquiry can help. I mean, did
2: you know that forty four percent of the US population is single and over fifty percent end in divorce yet?
1: Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com.
0: Tom.
5: And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com.
4: Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I know you are poised. I don't know about you, but I'm sitting at the edge of my seat because I can see myself all over this, right? And this is, this is in itself vulnerable when you start to see the truth of what Susan is talking about. The Abandonment Recovery Workbook is the book we're talking about. We're with Susan Anderson, psychotherapist today on Marianne Live. Susan just spelled out for us that we all have this latent abandonment fear. And then if you add on top of that any scar tissue, any childhood wounds, traumas, experiences of actual loss, oh boy, we've got a lot on our plate. But then she throws us a sidewinder and says, look it, as adults we're actually too old to be abandoned because we can take care of ourselves. What we're really dealing with here is self-abandonment. And then she introduces us to the archetype of the saboteur. Okay, Susan, take it from here. What do we do with this?
2: Well, you know, um, the idea is that when we abandon ourselves, we really sort of leave the abandoned inner child, you know, we sort of abandon that that, that creature that's within us because we've lost that self-love. So when you love yourself but only enough to give yourself of self-indulgence so you love yourself enough to give yourself a second bowl of pasta Mm. or you love yourself enough to get a third glass of wine or enough to spend money that you don't have you love yourself enough to indulge yourself but you don't love yourself enough to delay gratification in order to achieve your long-range goals Uh. So when you're <laughs> missing, when you have that self-abandonment, there's mm-hmm. so much avoidance that goes on, mm-hmm. you know, avoidance and procrastination, and also distraction. You know, the outer child is the, is the self saboteur and the personality, and the outer, outer child will avoid doing the most important thing that you need to do, which is, you know, make that phone call to see if that job is still available or, you know, something terribly important that would mean a real bump up in your life, but instead of doing that, you're, you've decided now is the time to clean out your closet or mm-hmm. now is the time to talk to a friend you haven't talked to. So there are so many things we do to distract ourselves or avoid in, by taking a nap or watching television or whatever, doing things that would advance us toward our dreams. Mm-hmm. And we abandon our dreams. When we abandon our goals mm-hmm. and dreams, we're abandoning ourselves it's a form of um it's a form of self-abandonment and it means that we're not loving ourselves deeply enough got it well the great
1: news is as intimidating as that feels maybe to hear the truth of it is just just gorgeous you know you're naming something that i think so many of us long to have named really spelling out the, the the dynamics here. You're giving us a great scaffold to look at what actually happens. And what's beautiful is your book takes us through, first of all, we're going to ask you to talk about the five stages of abandonment, but within those stages, you, your workbook really helps us delve into each piece here and make our way through to the other side, which is, Uh, something you call you know sort of grounding your experience connecting back with yourself and integrating these new tools but we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit Susan let's talk first about your your five stages of abandonment
2: okay the overall arc of the whole process involves learning to love yourself on a much deeper level which does not happen by osmosis you know it's it's one of those very simplistic, easier said-than-done thing. Love yourself, but how do you do that? Mm -hmm. And it's a program, and it involves doing, it involves taking action, etc. You don't just open your heart and love yourself. You have to Mm -hmm. actually do your way into that. So the program takes the five stages of the grief over abandonment, and for each stage there are doing tasks that actually help you develop that self-love. So... The first stage of abandonment is shattering, when you realize that the thing giving you security has been ripped and torn away from you. It can happen if the love of your life leaves you. Um, It can happen if you're in a relationship that you feel is secure and suddenly you see your lover looking at another person with a certain, you know, very intimate expression. Or it can happen that you went on a, on a Match.com date and you kind of liked the person and they never called you back.
1: Okay, can I jump in and ask you, does it matter if this is a historical event that is informing your other experiences or if it's a real-time event? Can you speak to that?
2: Um, it, it's both. It can be both. They, they You can have um, a trigger to an old experience or you can have many things happen in your current life that can that can harken back to this shattering okay yeah I mean you can it can be something so simple such as having one of your ideas that you expressed at a meeting Mm -hmm. people pick up on everyone else's ideas and yours gets ignored
1: okay so same filter same process
2: no matter okay great Mm -hmm. yeah but the second stage is the withdrawal stage and if, if you're missing that connection, you'll yearn for it, you'll want it, you'll long for it. It's like being in withdrawal for heroin, except that instead of, you know, wanting the fix being heroin, um, the fix is the love fix. So when, when somebody has taken, you know, has left you, let's say, you yearn and long for them, and it's very similar when it's really, uh, you know, a long-term relationship and someone leaves you, you actually get uh, withdrawal symptoms like this sleeplessness and you get the high, you know, strung out and your nerves are on edge and you jump at every little thing. Um, so that second stage is quite painful. Mm. You're yearning for something you can't get. And then the next stage is internalizing, where you take the rage about being rejected and not getting what you need from that person and you turn that rage against yourself and you beat yourself up And you commit self-abandonment, you see, because you're beating yourself up, blaming yourself. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not successful enough. I don't have the capacity to hold another person's interest enough. I don't have a dynamic enough personality. You start beating yourself up for all of the feelings, negative feelings that you may have about yourself. They become exaggerated. And that's when you do a lot of damage to your personality because you're, you're really reducing your self-esteem quotient when you go through that internalizing process. And then the next stage is rage, where you say, I refuse to be the blame. It's not all my fault. And then you start directing your rage toward the person who, or the boss or whatever who who made you feel rejected. But very often... Um, We're afraid to express our rage directly to that person because we're so thirsty for any crumb of approval that we can get, and instead we take our rage out on our friends who try to help us, and they say things that make us enraged, like just let go and move forward, which we just can't do. It's just too Mm -hmm. difficult. So we get this simplistic advice from our friends or therapists or Um, And we get enraged at them instead of at at the source of the rejection very often. Um, And then the final stage is lifting, where life is so bountiful that it kind of pulls us back out again. Even though we think that will never happen, we catch ourselves laughing or noticing beautiful flowers. Or, you know, we find ourselves having intervals of, of happiness again. And the key with lifting, which is the final stage, is that when we lift, we take our feelings with us because we don't want to leave them un- buried under that wound because that's where we lose, that's where we get numb and lose you know emotional sensitivity and that's where all those patterns can set in
1: beautiful all right when we get back we're going to talk some more with susan anderson who's written the abandonment recovery workbook just for you while you're online get a copy do not delay we'll be back for more right after these messages
3: I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you
4: break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event.
3: Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love.
4: Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship.
3: Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now.
1: We've ordered No
3: No More More Love Life Life Drama Drama for us. us.
1: Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com.
0: .com.
5: Collect 10 nights and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com.
4: Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We did not abandon you. It might have felt like it for three minutes, but we're right here, This titrating, right, back and forth. We're glad you're back. No, no, All jokes aside, this is very serious, very serious stuff we're talking about here. This abandonment uh, that plagues most of us. Uh, oftentimes, we find ourselves without tools, without support, swirling around in this swirl the five stages of abandonment being uh, spelled out for us by Susan here in this last segment. So, Susan, moving forward, now that we sort of have uh, a map of this territory of, of what happens uh, in these stages, what are some of the other um, signs and signals that, that might help us along the way? Your whole book sort of takes us through each of these stages, but where might we find ourselves next now that we sort of know this is a, a natural process. Everybody is going to go through it multiple times in their lives. Uh, what could be a helpful next step?
2: Well, the, the real process here, the, the, it breaks down into a number of different tools that help you get there, but the real process is the process of developing a new relationship with yourself and it doesn't happen just by willing it you can't just say yes let me love myself it happens really through doing things that are good for yourself so you know let's take the person who oh let's say we'll take a man he's in a he's in a job situation for many years and he faults himself for not being more successful he's not aggressive enough he's he's uh, not succeeding, he's, he's underachieving, he feels, and he has no idea why, but it actually is related to the self-abandonment and the avoidance factor um, because his self-esteem isn't strong enough for him to do the uncomfortable things of pushing through his anxiety or pushing through his fear of making a fool of himself or whatever. But So there's a pattern, and he knows he's sabotaging himself. He doesn't realize it's connected to abandonment, but he, or maybe he does, but he doesn't know how to overcome it. Well, the way to overcome that is for him to begin a new relationship with himself. And how do you do that? Well, you do that by, number one, by learning. I'm going to give a very raw outline of the exercise. Mm-hmm. they Obviously, there's a whole book to yes, guide you through. It's a beautiful this. big book. Yeah. Yes. But one exercise has to do with becoming mindful, conscious, meditation, um, b- making life itself a meditation, t- becoming conscious in your life and practicing loving kindness mm-hmm. meditation through just your actions and your toward yourself and others. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a whole doing task to that. Mm-hmm. It's really turns your whole day on its axis and makes the whole day productive.
1: Yeah, we need a base to come home to of the self, right? You call this censoring,
2: this process. It is censoring.
1: Yeah, where are we coming back to? Often when someone leaves us, we feel like there's no self to come back to. Yes, and
2: you know that self that we do come back to is really the self because it's been everything that's been sort of artificially supporting it is Mm -hmm. ripped away. So there's no better time for discovering that real center of the self than when we've been abandoned. But the next thing that we do is we we begin to develop a dialogue. We get in touch with the abandoned inner child. Mm -hmm. And once we do that, we create a dialogue, which is not just something we do in our head. It's a doing task. And in the doing, we... It's physical therapy for the brain. It's incremental exercise that actually builds a relationship mm-hmm. with yourself, mm-hmm. one that is so long and it's overdue to do this, to, to develop a relationship based on self-nurturing, self-acceptance, self-love, and, and self-administering because we're yes. going to do positive action And let's just point out here, this
1: doesn't mean you're crazy, okay? Oftentimes people will say, I'm talking to myself. We all have parts of ourselves. Everybody has parts of ourselves. This is a new concept for some folks, but we want to point out here that this is healthy and natural, and we, we have all, this a multiplicity of parts of ourselves. Yes,
2: and we, what we really do is we use, in abandonment recovery, imagination is your higher power.
1: Beautiful.
2: So we're creating, the uh, we're personifying these parts. We're giving them sort of personalities. Each person does it individually, Great. your own way. So you're actually creating you know, personas for these parts, mm-hmm. for this, this, these, these different aspects of yourself. And then then we have visualization as a tool, imagination being a very important component, because if you can visualize yourself taking positive actions in the future, you can visualize yourself doing something you've never been able to do before, mm-hmm. um, you can then do it because you can visualize it. It puts the image in your mind. You, you don't even have to believe that you can do it, but you need to keep visualizing it, and it makes it possible mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's an extremely important component. And then another one that goes with the rage stage is recognizing your outer child behaviors. Those are all your patterns of self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. I list 250 of them on the <laughs> website, and they're all me. They they all represent my outer child. Uh, um, I've been collecting them from people over the years, but they all I can identify with all of them. Oh my. We all sabotage ourselves in so many different ways because we we just don't love ourselves enough mm-hmm. to do the right thing for us. If ourselves.
1: you're online, multitasking, www.abandonment.net. Take a look at that list.
2: Yes, and then the final exercise has to do with integrating. You take the the loving-kindness meditation, the visualization, the dialoguing, the outer child identification, being on top of all of that, and you integrate it into your daily action plan so that you're really practicing not just thinking self-love or trying to feel it. You're practicing self-love. You're using love as the substrate, Mm -hmm. and it's not just love for self It's love for self as it's reflected in your outgoing outreach to other people. It's a very shared, universal Mm -hmm. kind of love that creates warmth and attachment. So you're integrating the other doing tasks that... I take a whole book to explain and to guide you through step yeah, by step, you, you but you them. actually integrate them and turn that into a daily plan.
1: Okay, so let's talk about our measured success here, because I don't know about you, but the last time I felt a, a wave of this abandonment, it feels like a, a plane in the dive. I go into a complex. I can't feel myself. I'm, you know, it triggers whatever my coping mechanisms are, and I'm do, and I'm not even at the place where I can find my way back to myself. Right. This is really the first stage. Right. Making yes. these conscious differentiations, people. This is hard stuff. It's the master work, but it's necessary. Right. And your book really does point that out. But let let me ask you this: Susan, How do we know when we've had any modicum of success? Because People might be thinking that there's zero to 100. Like, this is a process here. We're going to do a little bit and then have some success, a little bit more and have more success. Talk about this for us.
2: Well, you will feel success within if you start doing the program. You you feel sort of an immediate bump up, maybe within a day or two, really. Um, But you will have success within three months if you do the exercises, Because they're physical therapy for the brain. You will begin to notice change if you do them for three months. But that's a discouraging thing to tell people who are sitting on a hot stove. Absolutely. All right,
1: everybody, sit tight. Uh, Get away from that stove. Grab a copy of this book. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, people, those of us who are maybe uh, in the spin of uh, being an abandoned-aholic, and what is it not okay to follow our gut? We're gonna make these distinctions as we come up to the top of the hour. Back in just a minute. More with Susan Anderson when we when we return.
3: I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break
4: up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event.
3: Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love.
4: Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship.
3: Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No No More more Love Life Drama for us.
0: MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where. Relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camerano is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about CORE Certification, Certificate of Responsible Relationships, www.MarianneLive.com, CORE Certification, learning tools to attract, build, and sustain great relationships. Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area www.maryannelive.com life.net The Positive Radio Network
1: Welcome back, everybody. Oh, this is so rich. Great, great program. People want to get started on it, and uh, we're going to give you a little bit more about how to contact Susan when we finish up here at the top of the hour. But, Susan, what happens, let's say, we're on this program, and we just, the recidivism rate, how about this, what is it? How many of us are going to just veer off and then just keep creating the same story over and over? How How many of us are going to fall into that category? How do we stop
2: that? Well, without, without abandonment recovery, most people just sort of loop through life. They go through these loops. They just keep, um, they, they have scenery changes. They may change relationships or move or, you know, whatever, but they keep repeat, repeating the same loops over and over again. Yeah. With abandonment recovery, we start to come out of the loops. Yeah. Now, one of the patterns is abandonholism, where you're addicted to the whole cycle of abandonment, and so you keep pursuing unavailable people, or you and this is a very painful dilemma or you you keep shutting down this is another very common one you keep losing interest in the person you're pursuing because you discover that you are really love challenged you can't seem to love someone unless they're playing hard to get Mm -hmm. and you you keep losing interest in hurting people and you don't want to do that Mm -hmm. these are very very common problems Mm -hmm. and people want to know what what can i do to overcome them exactly get a copy of the handbook for sure and how about this about the other lies we tell
1: ourselves like oh uh, I, I just, I want to follow my heart, or my gut tells me something, or, you know, these are these kinds of lies that the saboteur tells us. Let's talk about those.
2: Well, when it comes to most things, following your gut is usually a good idea, but when it comes to this tricky abandonment thing, abandonment is primal. It's it, it's so deeply buried, and there's so many layers of deceit on it, and your outer child, you know, the self-saboteur, gets in on the act, so it's kind of sneaky, and it'll have you attracted to people who are not right for you. Mm-mm. So if you follow your gut, you're going to kind of be attracted to someone who's rejecting, uh, yeah. someone who's critical, someone all the things that you're allergic to from your childhood. Yes. It's going to have you attracted to people who will eventually turn on you, people who mm-hmm. don't have integrity and who will betray you in some way. It's uncanny the way we are attracted to the person who's sort of destined to... Yes, you know, hurt us again.
1: And this is so important to understand because so many of us feel like, oh, when I feel that chemistry, that means they're the one. Actually, what you're saying is, is there's a recognition pattern here that's sending up all of this neurological cocktail through your brain that it's familiar. Period. It's yeah. not saying they're a good match for you. Okay, this is a really important one to rewire. As we're coming up to the top of the hour here, you talk. I, I, I wanted to get to this bit. There is a period of aloneness in this that most of us avoid. Talk about that. What can we do about it?
2: Well, aloneness is very painful if you, don't, if, if you didn't choose it. You know, if it chose you, somebody left you. But if you can choose it back and say, okay, I didn't choose it, I'm alone. I'm going to use this as a time of getting to know myself. I'm going to actually exploit this moment and learn tools and skills that I've never had before. But I'm not going to do it naked. I'm going to do it with self-love. I'm going to practice self-love under the worst, most horrific conditions of feeling rejected and abandoned and thrust into this isolation I'm going to use this like a trial of fire Mm. and I'm going to show love to myself it's a wonderful opportunity to develop real gutsy self-love yes gorgeous and you use the black swan as a really important symbol for abandonment recovery can you talk to us about that well the black swan is a symbol for, for recovery when I first went through my abandonment the very next day when I was completely alone and oh in such agony there in the harbor, right at the foot of my hill where I live, is this black swan. I'm on the East Coast. There are no black swans on the East Coast. There aren't any in California either, as I, uh, what I understand. But this was so completely different and odd for him to be there that he became a symbol for me, almost like a, um, a like a totem, a higher power kind yeah, of thing. Beautiful and a spirit guide, if you will. And I began to channel. Um, maybe my own wisdom, higher wisdom, who knows where it came from, it, it, from the universe, I began to come up with the, 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 the formulation for a process that would help you recover from abandonment. Mm, gorgeous. Yeah. Well, these are the steps that you're offering us that we can take towards this
1: emotional and what you just said now the spiritual healing journey. They are available in the Abandonment Recovery Workbook from Soup to Nuts. You can get your copy straight away. This book is available wherever fine books are sold. You can go to www.abandonment.net. We are at the top of the hour, if you can believe it, Susan. I can. What do we want to leave folks with here? (laughs)
2: Well, the important, important thing is we don't think our way out of abandonment. We don't feel our way out of it. We do our way out of it, and we don't expect perfection we take two steps forward and one step back we don't have to completely change everything we just need to make a slight improvement in certain areas and and that improvement can make all the difference in the world Mm -hmm. if we're perfectionistic we will we will get in our own way but if we really want to change we change incrementally
1: susan tell me something personal here tell us something personal uh if you will what would you say is the most marked difference for you having done this work yourself, something you can really point to after all these years?
2: Well, the, the um, idea of tuning into the primal wound has made me more accessible to myself and to all the people in my life. Mm-hmm. I feel you, you like metaphors, and this is my favorite one. It's, I feel like my skin has grown Velcro mm-hmm. and that I can connect, attach, if you and I were sitting in the same room, we'd be stuck together a little mm. bit. We'd have mm. to yank apart. You know, <laughs> it, it, it has created Velcro for me. Mm. Oh, that's a great
1: metaphor. I can you know. feel it. I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can hear when this, when this relationship is going to come to an end in just a second here. I can already feel it starting to tear away. No, <laughs> But we can handle it. And thank yeah. you so much, Susan. What a beautiful book. What a gorgeous map for all of us to be able to navigate abandonment in our issues that are related heartbreak and loss uh, thank you so much for doing this work and oh, for sharing thank your you book
2: Marianne. it was my pleasure oh
1: absolutely oh my gosh everybody go get a copy of the abandonment recovery workbook do it now perfect way to set your new year's resolutions intentions i like to call them whatever you need to do let's get on it three months look at life is going to happen anyway what are you going to do you might as well be healing and cultivating and deepening some of these tools and skills. Look, at, We're going to go to break and we're going to come back right after these messages for our wrap right here on Marianne Lodge. Sit tight. We'll be right back. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com.
0: To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn
4: more at one dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
5: Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff?
1: Wow. Wow. What a show today. I am all over. I was hanging on her every word. I mean, it doesn't matter how much work we've done on ourselves. It seems that there is more to be done. But, you know, it's all good stuff. It all yields great results. We get to be closer, more connected, more attached in healthy ways. Thanks again to Susan Anderson for joining us today. Next week, Sam Bennett's going to be in the house. Start right where you are. Yeah, we're doing that together. And uh, look at the third part of our practice today is go do something for somebody else don't let them know you did it go do something good for somebody else maybe even get a a deck our my husband and I created a divination deck Uh, get a deck uh, to help you set your New Year's intentions I'm going to be doing groups the beginning of the year setting New Year's intentions around relationships do it along with us let us know how that goes if you want more information Send a shout-out to me, info at marionlive.com, and uh, you can get our app online as well, uh, True Love Now at iTunes. So, all right, everybody, I wish you blessings until we see you soon again.